Yoshi Tsutsugo and Josh Van Meter are not all that's wrong with your favorite baseball team, to say the least. But they kind of do represent all that's wrong with management's ongoing approach. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Cubs 3, Pirates 2, kind of a game from the beginning. That actually is an adjective. When you get this deep into the baseball season, you can start using terminology like that. Just, you know, they had eight hits, uh, none of them remotely memorable, I guess, other than O'Neill Cruz's early RBI single, which he really rattled. Oh, and Van Meter had one, too, later on, an RBI double, as a matter of fact, that tied the score at two in the fifth inning. But look, Tetsugo's batting 173 right now after going 0 for 4. I could give you all his other metrics and it doesn't matter. None of them matter because he doesn't hit at all, let alone for power or for, for, for anything. This is just a terrible baseball player. Van Meter did go one for four with the RBI, but he's at 190. And Derek Shelton put him at the top of the lineup for crying out loud. This is what I'm talking about when I say approach. They don't care about the game that's being played in front of them. And when I say they, I'm talking about Shelton, I'm talking about Ben Charrington, and all points in between. And these players who are in this clubhouse only about a handful of whom matter toward the franchise's future, they see all this. They're baseball players, baseball coaches, baseball everyone. Everyone in this sport sees everything. Unlike any sport on the planet, their powers of observation are through the roof. And I'm talking about, like, I can... Just to make this personal, I can walk into a clubhouse after not having been there for a handful of days, and I'll have a new pair of shoes. And like half the people in there will notice because it's it's baseball, and they do that sort of thing. And it's actually kind of weird, but they do it. They see everything, and they see what's happening when they go into that clubhouse and they look at that lineup getting posted and they see Van Meter leading off and they see Yoshi at DH or Yoshi at DH a couple days ago batting eighth, like because your DH should be batting eighth. Why are these things happening? Well, Shelton publicly states, we have to get him going, meaning of Yoshi. And with Van Meter, he'll say, yeah, we really liked what we saw in that one spurt from him. When was that? Like a month and a half ago where he actually hit the ball for about three or four games? Games? But to fully appreciate the lengths to which, beginning with Charrington and working down, these people don't care about the games they're playing. You have to grasp something else entirely. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. It couldn't be more glaringly obvious that the reason you're seeing all this Van Meter and you're seeing all this Yoshi and you're seeing a lot of other guys as well versus the young guys who were up about a month ago and got unceremoniously dumped back to Indianapolis is that the GM evidently believes that they'll be worth something in a trade. Which is to say that the GM believes that there is a suitor somewhere who will take on Yoshi, the worst everyday hitter in the sport, the worst regular starter on any roster anywhere, and assume his remaining nearly $2 million in salary for a thing, for something to come back in return. A prospect, um, I don't know, another hundred grand in cash, like what they got for Michael Perez from the Mets. I mean, I suppose out of 29 executives, there could be one who's a complete rockhead and would agree to do this. But I'm not expecting it. I'm not expecting it for Van Meter either. And by the way, and this isn't to cut up on the rest of these guys that I'm about to mention, but you got to understand that there isn't going to be much of a return for anyone that the Pirates would be shopping in this category. That even includes Jose Quintana, who's having a wonderful season. He's coming from the left side. The team that acquires him could very realistically sign him to a longer term after the rough ride he's had over the last couple of years. And you're still not going to get much for him. You're going to get someone in A-ball. You are. You're going to get someone who's going to be a project type versus a prospect type. You're not going to get a top 10 pick out of somebody's system. And I don't believe you're going to get something like what they just got in Colin Holderman from the Mets, who's a 26-year-old, kind of a late bloomer, but was dominating for New York at the major league level in the 15 games he appeared before being traded. I don't think you're going to see that either. I could be wrong. I'm sure the Pirates would hope that I'm wrong on this one. But precedent strongly suggests that these players on expiring deals don't get much. Uh, look, I love Ben Gamble. There's another one. Gamble uh, made another one of those catches last night at Wrigley Field that just blows your mind. It, not so much even from the athleticism standpoint, just the sacrifice. And he was willing to eat lava out there. He was willing to go into bricks to make that catch. But he's not going to get you much either. He's on an expiring contract. And again, with respect, two months of Ben Gamble is not going to get you 
some kind of big return or even a medium return. But those other two guys, you know, I, you know, I actually want to track this. I actually want to track this. Whoever it is that does get moved around baseball in this category, because these two won't be going anywhere other than getting DFA'd if the Pirates are lucky. But I can guarantee you that whoever the other similar players are that, uh, well, okay, a little bit better than them, that do actually get moved, they'll move for guys that you can readily snap up in any Rule of Five draft. Mark my words, I'm going to track this. When we come back, J1Q. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And today's J1Q comes from Rusty Hall, who says, Living in Chicago, I don't get to see the Pirates often, so a few questions, please. Do they always take so many first-pitch fastball strikes and then proceed to swing at pitches outside the zone the rest of the at-bat? Their knowledge of ball versus strike seems terrible. Well, Rusty, i got to tell you, your view from your Wrigley Field seat was razor sharp, my man. A lot better than the hitters on this team and a lot better, apparently, than the hitting coach of this team, Andy Haynes, who isn't getting anything remotely resembling results from this group, just like he didn't last year in Milwaukee, by the way. After the season, he was the only member of the Brewers coaching staff under Craig Council, who got fired. Probably not a coincidence. But yeah, it's excruciating to watch. To watch these guys and their approaches, their inability to recognize fastballs right down the pipe. You know, right down Grand Street, middle of the quadrant. And yet they go up there so often and take that pitch that you can't help but believe that that's something of an instruction. And when I say an instruction, I don't mean a literal one. I don't mean somebody says to you as you're climbing the dugout steps to go to the on-deck circle, hey, make sure you take the first pitch. I mean that it's brought up and pounded in the earlier portions of the day, whenever the hitting coach and the hitters are dissecting individual at-bats from the previous night, or something that the hitting coach and the video crew has put together to illustrate a point to that hitter, all of which is aimed at not swinging. That's what this team is all about. It's about not swinging. My goodness, the loss of Daniel Vogelback alone in this equation has to be something that's just devastating to Haynes. Because Vogelback was the god of not swinging. The leader in the major leagues 
in pitches seen per plate appearance. Well, the difference between Vogelback and the rest of these guys, most of them a lot younger, is that he knows what he's doing up there. He's been in the bigs for a while. He's a professional hitter. Whereas if you tell O'Neill Cruz to go up there and look at the first pitch, which he's doing now all the time, he had one Sunday, the game I covered at PNC Park, that again was just flamed right down the middle. You know, just no hesitation, no nothing. Just boom, because they knew he was going to take. And you've got this hitting coach sitting in the dugout that's just completely okay with that. Well, guess what? Everybody's batting average, everybody's production across the board plunges with every strike that you dig for yourself as a whole. You are mathematically a way worse hitter with an 0-1 count. You're a terrible hitter with an 0-2 count. And believe it or not, that even applies to the very best guys. So what are they doing here? Are they trying to tire out the other team's starting pitcher? I certainly hear them talk enough about it. Well, look at us. We chased Sandy Alcantara after six innings. Not many teams do that. Okay. But what did you get done off of him? And what did you get done after? And more important, way more important... What did the younger hitters who are here in Pittsburgh learn about gasp hitting? Tell me, please, am I missing something here? Does it really matter if Cal Mitchell can come up to the majors and watch the first two, three pitches of every at-bat go by and dig himself a hole, and if he's lucky, he gets a two-strike hit? More often than not, he strikes out. He strikes out one-third of the time. Is it really just happenstance that players come up from Indianapolis who are swinging really well down there, and I mean really, really well, and they do that for a little bit in Pittsburgh, and then they they don't just cool off, they fall off the face of the earth. Is it because they're not hitting or being instructed to hit by the person whose placard above his office reads, Hitting Coach? Oh, this subject, I'm telling you, this one's really starting to light me up. It is. It is. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 